Nigeria Daily. My name is Lilian Ogazi. April 28, 2022 makes it a month since the Kaduna train attack took place and people were taken captive. A total of 20 men, 18 women and 5 children were kidnapped from the train on that fateful night. How are the families coping? Our colleague in Kaduna, Lami Sadiq, speaks with Dr. Abdul Latif Jimo, whose wife is in captivity, and he speaks on behalf of the families. One, we are happy that we are still that they are alive, but of course, again, the condition we saw them, you know, you know, but we, but we should even expect them to look like that. You cannot keep somebody in the sun in the rain for one month. You are sleeping, people are surrounding you with guns. Then you cannot even sleep well. So once you are not sleeping well, they will need to show your face. Their fear, their anxiety, you will look haggard. So we expect to see them that way. Among the consolation was that they are alive. For you and members and other family members, I don't know, in the last one month, how have you survived this traumatic experience? Honestly, it is God's grace. It is not, it is not easy at all. You know, you have to cope with children, you have to cope with relatives, even yourself. You are just managing yourself as the head of the family. Mm. So keep calm. Children, they cry virtually every day. Relatives, especially women, when they come around, you see them crying. It also weighs us down. But as men, as the heads of the family, we have to just summon courage so that we can give hope to everybody. Mm. But it has been very, very traumatic. Very, we hardly sleep well. You don't mm. eat well. You know this is fasting period. You know, you're always thinking. And then you're thinking of their own condition in the camp. The first day we met Alwan, they told us that the first two days, they fed them on mango. Hmm. You can mango, imagine mango now, this is not really seasonal. These mangoes will not be ripe one, but they ate mango for two days, unripe mangoes. Hmm. Three days ago, they ate unripe mangoes for three days. Then they said after that, when they started giving them food, they would give them rice with palm oil. And once a day, that's the meal, palm, rice with palm oil, once a day. And this is something you will not even give your dog at, in, in the house. This hmm. is what they are now eating. There is no changing of clothes, no bath, no toothbrush. You sleep on the ground, you know, it's really terrible. And you can't, you can't even sleep. I mean, you're, you're, I can't, let me say you lie on the, on the floor. Because you can't sleep. Why can you sleep? 15 or 20 men are surrounded with guns. He told us that even if you want to urinate, you just raise up your hand. And then you don't call, what do you want to do? I want to urinate. Then somebody will escort you. You can imagine somebody sleeping and they just dreams. Maybe has a bathroom and they just jump up. They will think he wants to escape and they can fit it. This is the condition that they are living. So we are imagining all this to, to see. In fact, when, I, when we saw the pictures, you can see fear on their faces. Mm-hmm. If you look at the pictures very well, apart from that they have lost weight, they have become you know roughened, you will see even fear on their faces. Even we that are not under the captivity, we are not feeling fine. So you can imagine they are honestly, honestly one cannot even describe it. So it's just God's grace that is keeping them. That's why we are worried and we are you know praying and also it's possible for them to do let them do it quickly and help us get them out. That was Dr. Abdul Latif Jimo, a family member of one of the kidnapped victims of the Kaduna Abuja rail attack. Since the bomb attack on the train, a series of attack and attempted attacks and threats have been made. The Department of State Services alerted Nigerians to a plan by criminal gangs to bomb religious and worship centers, as well as other public places, including relaxation centers. With this information, what measures are worship centers taking to beef security? Bill Kisu Ahmed speaks with the pastor. My name is Reverend Thomas Marcos. I serve with the Anglican Communion Church of Nigeria, Abuja Diocese. When you talk of insecurity, right from inception that the churches started facing issue of insecurity, bombing and whatever, church has been on need, creating awareness among members and letting everybody to be vigilant. The church herself 
There is no any worship center now that don't have security personnel working there. But during services and even out of services, there is no any church in the Anglican Communion now in Abuja that don't have security personnel going around to make sure everywhere is secured. Okay. That is what the church is doing now. Okay. So did you tell the members to be aware or to be security conscious of their environment coming to church and even at home? Issue of teaching on the on the being security conscious mm. is something that the church is not taking with jock. Mm. The church is informing members, not only in the church when they come to worship, but even in their environment, they should be very security conscious. Anything they see that is bringing suspicious, they should get one or two neighbors aware of. If it is something to invite the security agents, they invite. Mm. Than just sitting down until it happens. Okay. So everybody need to be security conscious, and everybody need to work in partnership with the security agents, not to just say it is their work. No. That was Reverend Thomas Marcus of the Anglican Communion Church of Nigeria, Abuja Diocese. Similarly, a Muslim cleric tells us what is being done to beef up security at his community mosque. My name is Hassan Hussein, the chief imam of Muslim community Jumaat Moks, Massacre Zone 5. We have not received any information from any relevant security agency or from any government official about any attack that is going to take place in our worship center. So we are not aware and we don't know about that. And if any information comes to us, then we will know. And secondly, we have our security measures that we apply in our worship centers. We have the first aid group that always take responsibility of protecting the worship centers. And they have those that wear uniform, those in Mufti. And I believe they will take their job serious and we are going to motivate them and also innovate some new techniques that will help them to protect the life of every citizen that come to worship. And secondly, we are calling on government and the security agencies that whenever an issue like this come up, they should invite the imams and pastors, sit down with them, educate them, enlighten them more, give them more knowledge about security. Because these are people that always are with people, with population, always. The imams and pastors should have knowledge of security. This should be very important. Seminars should be organized by security agencies upon these religious leaders because these are places where security issues normally arise. That was Hassan Hussein, chief imam of Muslim community Jumat Mosque, Massacre Zone 5. You are listening to Nigeria Daily, coming to you from Daily Trust. You can listen to this and other episodes of our podcast on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio by searching for Nigeria Daily. You can also listen on NAS FM 89.9 in Yola and Unity FM 93.3 in Joss. We will be going on break. Tuesday. You are welcome back. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust Online. In this episode, we are talking about the aftermath of the Apuja Kaduna rail attack one month after. 
Before we went on break, we had a chat with the husband of one of the kidnapped victims of the Kaduna train attack. We also spoke to some religious clerics about what they are doing to keep their worship places safe in the wake of the DSS intelligence information. This latest intelligence report by the DSS is not the first of its kind, as the DSS claimed they had given an intelligence report before the Kaduna train attack. Is it safe to say the government is not proactive enough or the intelligence reports by the DSS are not going through the right channels? I put these questions and more to a security analyst. My name is uh, Comrade Salih Udantate Mahmoud, uh, Director of Security Salute Nigeria Initiative. We cannot completely rule out the fact that the government is not proactive because if you go by the DSS submission, they had said they gave prior intelligence information to the government that regarding the train uh, bombing mm. yeah, before the occurrence of it. So which channel did they give their intelligence report? Was it the Office of National Security Advisor, Defense Intelligence Agency, DMI, Police, I authorities, or directly to the president or to the governor of Kaduna State? Because in some quotas, they are saying the DSS told the governor of Kaduna State. And you know, as governors, they have limited uh, authority regarding giving directives on uh, security enforcement and all of other issues. So uh, regarding the recent uh, intelligence information they are giving regarding uh, attacks that might occur in terms of bombing of some uh, worship areas, uh, event areas and other things, I think all in all, if we are prepared for uh, action. All these things are not necessary in the sense that we already have regimented security agencies, both the combat ones as well as the intelligence ones. Now, the Department of State Services are meant to understand. They have a standing strike force that also bears armed physically. You see them in dark camouflage and all sorts of other things. Once this type of intelligence information are gotten, I think the security agencies need not to go to the press because by going to the press, you have pre-entered it, you have already sent signals. If the uh, bandits or the insurgents already have the plan, by seeing that you've gotten into it and you have made your intelligence report media-oriented and uh, media camouflage and what sort of other things, it makes them to, you know, re-strategize and uh, come through another dimension. Okay, so, so, I think when, so, so you're trying to say that them going to the report and publishing this intelligence report was it's, wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong by standards, by international standards. Because when you talk about intelligence security information, they are meant to be secret. Once you get it, you transmit it among yourselves. As you know, the armed forces, the police, others, they all have their intelligence arms. So what we had expected the DSS to do is by informing the other sister agencies so that Secretly, they can carry out certain meetings. Then some of the worship areas, all they need to do is to make presence of security agencies on that day or even before that day and come certain areas. So this is what is done internationally. So by them preempting it, coming to the press has already uh, overstated welcome. We have seen series of resurgence of bomb attacks happen since after the um, attack on the um, train in Kaduna. Now, is the government missing out on something? Well, uh, you've not even mentioned uh, Jalingo. It mm. happened in uh, Taraba State as well. Okay. Well, you see, uh, why we say every time security is every everyone's business. Mm. In this part of the country, people think it is only the ones that are paid under government road that should do the job. It is all collaborative. That is why you have things like Police Community Relations Committee. You have other collaborative bodies like the, uh, the advent of insurgency in uh, Borno State. Mm -hmm. There were volunteer youth that came out in the guise of uh, civilian joint task force. They played a key role mm -hmm. because 
they are residents of that area. For example, you are bringing a police officer or a military officer, either of the Air Force, Navy, or uh, any of the security arms to Borno State or to Kaduna from Oshu or from Ogo State. The terrain is relatively unknown. Mm. They have to bank on the support of those people that are the receiving point of this insurgency and banditry and other uh, security threats and host of other things. Uh, be, let us as citizens look beyond the government. Mm. Let us avail the security agencies of available community intelligence information. Yeah. Because sometimes some people shield information. Mm. Some people hide information. These roles we also have to play because it's already enshrined in the Constitution of Federal Republic that we are citizen police. So that aspect, that clause of the Constitution that bestow on us that power as citizens police is not just empty. It is for the roles expected from us also. Okay. They are the government circle. It is high time they restructure the entire security architecture because it appears they are not living up to expectation. Intelligence information is key. What happens to use of eight-hour flying drone to wake up from their slumber by enhancing intelligence gathering? After that, share the intelligence that is gathered. For example, if it is fourth criminal investigation that gathered information, they should not hold it to the police alone. They should transmit it to the DMI, the DIA, the DSS, the NIA, and even the intelligence apparatus of immigration customs and other okay. security agencies, provided the security agency. Okay, sir. Finally now, yes. do you think the yes. resurgence of this attack we're seeing, like you mentioned the one in Jalingo, Taraba, so do you think the resurgence yes. of this attack has anything to do with the repentant Boko Haram or those that they have released in the past? In the first place, there is no business forgiving or maybe reintegrating any maybe repentant Boko Haram into the society. This is somebody who was into insurgency, killed somebody, made a child an orphan, made a wife a widow, made husband a widower. You are now losing your own creep and saying you are granting them amnesty. Where is that done in any part of the world? Okay. Even though if they would say that America and some other countries do it, I don't think it's right. So I think sometimes we underrated this uh, repentant uh, what have you as those fleeing from the northeast that now have invaded the north central, the southeast as well as the uh, western part of the country. That was Comrade Sali Hudanta Tamamud, Director of Security Salutes Nigeria Initiative, speaking. The role of the government is to protect lives and properties. Do Nigerians feel protected by the government? God bless Nigeria. And that wraps up the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. To everyone whose voices we heard on the show, we say a big thank you. Nigeria Daily is a Daily Trust production and you can download this and other episodes of our podcast on dailytrust.com, bossprout.com, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio by searching for Nigeria Daily. You can also listen in on Nas FM, it's 9.9 in Yola, and Unity FM, 93.3 in Joss. If you intend to sponsor an episode of Nigeria Daily, or if you have questions or comment, call us or send us a message via WhatsApp on 0913-893-3390. Or... You can let us know via social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at daily trust. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Thank you for listening and bye for now. <music>